to X-Rated Movies. This is a podcast by two guys who used to date, and now they no longer do. Now they review movies! Whoop, 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 Only the best and the brightest movies on this podcast. <laughs> Nothing but grade A beef. Just prime cuts around here. This material is what you could only call quality. Stamp of approval. Bam! It's. It, I mean, this is like we've given you a, a, a heaping helping of inky beef. Like <laughs> that. That stamp is right on the meat itself. Uh-huh. You remember when they used to do like their beef commercials, and I think they used to like they'd have the brand that they would hit the the steak with, and it would say a hundred percent beef. Yeah. Remember yeah. those? The uh, yeah, branding iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No one cooks meat that way. By branding iron. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever cooked me Highly <laughs> unrealistic commercial is my point. Oh, wait. Do you mean like the the griddle or the grill? Like they'd flip the steak over and like the grill would, <laughs> would have? No. Oh. They had like a... like the and, Oh, the actual like branding iron itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Onto that, a live cow? And, yeah, no. <laughs> onto like a piece of like a steak. And oh. it was like Copeland's uh, uh, hoedown is playing in the background. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, but I mean, no one cooks steak, not even no. in the commercial. No. That was just like for the, the theatricality of it all. <laughs> well, I don't Clearly it made an impression on you. Yeah, I don't think that, uh, I, yes. They it, tried it with an inky stamp and that just didn't work. <laughs> it just got smeared. Yeah. It, like soaked in. bled all over. Ugh. Yeah, this is more like the movies that we review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into the hot quality pod today, I want to do a little taste test here. Okay. Uh, as you have such a refined palate, I, I needed someone like you on board for this. Okay. So I'm trying out what I'm calling uh, reverse sponsorship. Hmm. It's where I pay a company so that I can talk about them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, it's Bespoke Post. Okay. AKA Box of Awesome. It's like a $45 subscription. Every month they just send you something cool. You can like go onto the website and make sure that the cool thing is like your jam. Like there's a whole variety of different things that they could possibly send you. Okay. You know, you fill out a quiz. You're like, I like bartending stuff. I like travel gear. I like shaving equipment. Bondage gear. Sure. Whatever. And they'll send you something that they know that you like. You you know, you'll tell them like your waist size, your length. Oh, they might even send you clothes? Yeah. Hmm. So the first thing I did is I got an aging kit for liquor. Oh. So first, before we go, I've poured us a little shot here. Okay. This is just, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is just straight up Stoli. Okay. I specifically chose like the most flavorless alcohol I could think of. Yeah, and vodka should be a neutral spirit anyway. Exactly. So just, we're tasting this just to get an idea of what Stoli tastes like normally. Okay. So what I did is I took some more Stoli, sent me a glass bottle, I, I filled it with Stoli, and then I put what you referred to as a turd. <laughs> it <laughs> but looks it, like a human turd. But it's an aging stick of some sort. Okay. So it's supposed to replicate the idea that this has been aged in a cask. Ah. And I did that about 10 days ago. It's turned it a uh, sort of light brown, almost rosé looking color. Yeah, it's a... It's got a honey hue to it mm-hmm. now, but they said that, you know, you're supposed to do this with neutral spirits, specifically like clear spirits, minimum of 10 days, and I think today's actually day 11. Okay. 
Um, and it comes with these glasses, which are more meant for wine, but would be good for an aged spirit. Oh, because yeah. It rotates. Like, if you put it down, it, it like, spins on its axis Swirls without around. spilling the drink. Okay. So this is the Stoli that has aged in the aging kit for 11 days. Okay. Uh, so let's give it a whirl. <laughs> that is a lot smokier. It's good, though. Yeah. That's it's not like bad at all. Drinking a campfire somehow. I would say that's actually smoother than the Stoli itself. Mm-hmm. It takes that sweet edge off too. Yeah, and I don't know. It doesn't have the same bite that it previously did. Mm. I don't know. That actually that feels a bit smoother. To my yeah, palate. it takes those like fruity sweet notes and turns them into more like honey. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. So. Yum. How long can you age it for? Like as long as you want to Oof. yeah i just i did it for 10 days just because i wanted to you know i don't want to wait forever yeah and this flavor is actually pretty intense for just 10 days i can't imagine it getting super much stronger yeah, it turned golden after like a day or two it hasn't gotten much darker since then but yeah um i was thinking of trying trying next with like a, a clear tequila or something like that. It's like you read my mind, Matt. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. I'll bet it would be delicious in that. I, yeah, I just wanted to start with a Stoli because it tastes like nothing. Mm -hmm. And so any variant on it, we would be able to detect then. I would even try it in a whiskey, TBH. Yeah? Yeah. I couldn't admire the, the hue change. That's true. The, the hue would likely remain brown <laughs> i put the aging stick in and it turns yellow it like sucks the color out of it gross yellow whiskey <laughs> someone looks at my liquor cat and i'm like why do you have a jar of piss <laughs> no it'd be more like why do you have several jars of piss because you keep those jars of piss in your cupboard <laughs> it's sun tea <laughs> Right on. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Bespoke post. Yeah. AKA box of awesome. Yeah. It's like if you you can like log onto the site, it's like you have like five days or something to like log onto the site and sort of uh, cater what they're going to send to you. So like if I find next month that you're going to like send me uh, gardening tools, uh, I can be like, nah, and switch it to something that I might be interested in. Mm. Build your own hot air balloon. I don't know if they'll send me that for $45, <laughs> but uh, I like where you're going with it. You're having fun with it. That's what I would like them to send me. <laughs> uh, they'll probably send you like one piece at a time over the course of 75 months. Great. And then I'll be able to travel around the world in 80 days. <laughs> I mean, in that time, you'll be able to grow that long handlebar mustache that you need. <laughs> and hopefully they'll send me a top hat. Yeah, that's one of the pieces. Also, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, this will also give you enough time to find a treasure that can only be obtained via hot air balloon. Exactly. And you'll also have to leak it to some enemies. That way there's a race at hand. <laughs> will they also be bespoke post customers? And yeah. they're getting like different uh, pieces. So their hot air balloon's going to be different than mine? People are going to try going to that treasure via different ways. Some people are going to go by trolley. Okay. <laughs> So this is more like it's a mad, 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 mad world. Exactly. Okay. Or for our slightly younger listeners, uh, Cannonball Run. Uh, or Payday. Mm. Or what was it? It was Rat Race. Rat Race. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah, uh, one of the bespoke posts is uh, month by month. You get Rowan Atkinson in a box. Oh. <laughs> Batteries not included. <laughs> Makes an awkward face and uh, <laughs> a weird noise and then uh, calls it good. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson again. I'm not getting that. <laughs> Last time he came, he used all my toilet paper. I would love it if you're like on the Bespoke Post site and like you see that you're getting Rowan Atkinson. It's like him giving like a Mr. Bean smile and you're like, no. Speaking of uh, weird noises, <laughs> that okay, okay, yeah. Uh, we've got to talk about today's movie. We, we do. We we've got to talk about today's. Like we have to. It's a requirement. Today's movie is a siren in the dark from two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I don't know, somewhere in there. And you know what? It's a turd. It's a total turd. <laughs> so, with Altitude Falling, you were talking about how, like, we were going to ease our listenership into, like, the deep end of bad gay movies, uh-huh. and I just, like, was, like, walking on the edge of the pool and pushed them in. I was like, get in there. <laughs> you know, you say that, but you don't realize how deep the pool really gets. <laughs> this was bad. This was a bad movie. <laughs> It sure was. Like, this is so bad. I think you've lost your movie-picking privileges for at least one week. <laughs> okay, question. Question for you. Uh, is this worse or better than Rock and Rule? Oh, I think this was worse than Rock and oh, Rule. Oh, I did it. Yes. <laughs> New low. Yeah, I think this was worse. Yeah. This was definitely a lot more aggravating. <laughs> I stumbled across this movie while uh, in just a couple weeks ago, to be honest. I was doing research for this season and just watching a bunch of gay, bad gay movies. And then this one came up and I was excited. I was like, okay, well, this sounds pretty good. It's about, you know, um, a cop with psychic powers. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm expecting like this gritty crime drama, except the guy's got, you know, powers. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, great. Okay. That's all I need. I'm on. I'm on board. And if it's in the LGBT section so let's do this Mm -hmm. boy it's not that at all the powers that you speak (laughs) of here one of the powers is to not actually get to the bottom of his case (laughs) yep because it it veers wildly off like aka he's a cop not a detective (laughs) right i'm not making a quality distinction here i'm just making like a sheer duties distinction He's, like, car with, like, police lights on it. Like, it's not like he's a plain-clothes detective, yep. lawn-order style. He's a cop-cop. He's a beat cop. Right. Or highway patrol, I think, because they're out in, like, the middle of goddamn nowhere Yeah, because he picks up that girl just, like, driving around. Yeah. So that's not something that a detective the would do. The girl is the director of the movie. I know. I have a fun fact about her. I'll save it for later. But yeah, I, I think he's more like yeah, highway patrol or, or or cop or something like that. But and then the 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 
supernatural power part that you speak of. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really come into play. I'm just going to say it. Well, while he's talking to Ariel in the car, it kind of does. Like, she hears him, he hears her think he might be gay, and that's the extent of his power. Yeah. Like, his, his power is to into it when people think that he's gay. <laughs> you don't like women very much, do you? Or is it just me? Why do you say that? I didn't say anything. It's not even really determined whether or not he is gay. Yeah, good point. Because he has that sort of fantasy of like raping Ariel right before she See, thinks. I thought that that was like his, he was getting a vision of what she was thinking. But it was at the same time that she's like inviting him up to play with her sex toys. Do you have a thing in the bob? Upstairs. Battery operated. Very confusing. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But it, yeah, it. Well, because, like, in that fantasy, like, she's, like, saying no. Yeah. Like, she's definitely fighting it off. But Which, then, I did not get the impression that Ariel would say no. Yeah, it seems she, like she wants it. Yeah, she's, like, ready. Yeah. She's got a white on for him. She's hosed out. <laughs> That's what ladies do, right? <laughs> okay, so one of the biggest problems with this movie is there is... Way too much backstory for characters we don't need that much backstory on. Yeah. And, like, our main character, we get this story that he's uh, he had sex with a 10-year-old girl when he was 11 years old, and then mm. he's sworn off sex for forever because of it. And you're like, who cares? Yeah. Like, this means nothing to anything else in the movie. Yeah, that was definitely some bizarre coloring, because that detective's really only in the movie for three or four scenes. Yeah. And, like, his detecting, I'm using air quotes, listeners, takes the form of, like, a therapy session. Yeah, it was very confusing. Like, he's, he, it's like he's being a therapist to, like, someone else who, you know, is sitting by a thoughtful staring window. <laughs> and, spoiler alert, they're a ghost? <laughs> well, <laughs> we might be jumping too far ahead. I thought it was, like, a multiple timeline sort of situation. <laughs> okay. Because, like, something happens in one of the timelines, and that alters the timeline that the detective is on. Because it's like, he disappears, and then that woman stays, but that woman wasn't in the therapy session to begin with. This movie's so bad. So, I had to watch this one with my boyfriend. I'd rather I should turn this around. I made him watch this movie. <laughs> and he has some questions for you. Okay. Uh, one is, who hurt you? <laughs> and two, are you proud of yourself? <laughs> no one and yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Michael. I, if you're listening, I, am, I apologize. The amount that he gasped every time they did a close-up of a pressure cooker... <laughs> Like the scene when he opens up his trunk and there's a pressure cooker. (laughs) (laughs) And it does like the MTV style, like zoom in, like hard camera angles and distorted color. Not a pressure cooker. Just, oh man! <laughs> but 
I hate to say this, but repeated viewing <laughs> to help the narrative a little bit. I did try watching it again before you showed up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> This dude shows up later in the movie. Yeah. I forgot about that. And there's like sawing and slurping noises, which I assumed was him cutting up the body to put in the pressure cooker. Is that the sounds like the very beginning? Yeah. Like over that bad ASMR stuff? That yeah. Literally sounds like someone's rubbing their microphone with meat. <laughs> that's Hot, I, inky meat. That's I think it was. <laughs> I think that's what that's supposed to be. Oh, God. I didn't get that even on multiple watches, <laughs> but uh, that would play into the greater narrative at hand. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So to give our listenership an idea of the type of tone this movie's trying to strike, there were multiple David Lynch references all over this thing. Like, there's a zoom in on a fucking ear for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so there was the zoom in on the ear. One of the characters even said that they were going to Inland Empire... The score reminded me a lot of the Mulholland Drive, like the main theme in that. Oh, okay. Like there's a scene when like, uh, I didn't take down anyone's name because I didn't care enough. <laughs> and there's so many characters. It's like a Dostoevsky novel. Yeah, they're just like the light theme when the hitchhiker sees like the skinny white boy in the car driving by in the road. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. The the theme that plays there is really similar to like the theme in Mulholland Drive, like at the beginning when the limousines driving up Mulholland Drive. The detective even kind of looked like Leo from Twin Peaks. There's just a bunch of stuff like that all over the place, and I'll, and yeah, especially with the ears. Like, okay, this isn't an accident. <laughs> so yeah, if you know, if last week's pornography a thriller had David Lynchian uh, overtones to it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an example of how to do that very, very poorly. Yeah. So. Question for you. If you were in this movie, <laughs> would you brag about it? Fuck no. But, but I mean, you're a struggling actor. You're in a feature film. Like, would you not tell anyone? <sighs> I mean, if I am one of these actors probably but like i don't get the impression that any of them are really taking it that seriously oh really i just felt like everyone was kind of well everyone was terrible let's just be <laughs> honest everyone was a terrible actor the best one was the director what was her name ariel laura riley okay yeah like she was somewhat decent yeah she was okay i mean she's only in that one scene yeah so and at the end but like i feel like everyone else was just where did these find these people? Especially the killer guy, Joshua. Yeah. God, what a hammy queen. <laughs> I was the guys were hot in like a gettable way, and I do actually think that the sex scenes, while not sexy, were convincing. Okay, I'll give it that. Like there was a couple times where I'm like, you know what? Like I could almost see them actually having sex in this position. Mhm. Mm it wasn't like, I don't know, the typical gentle fucking or just, I don't know. It it struck me as being staged properly, you know? So I have two nice things to say about this movie, and we may as well just get them out of the way. Uh-huh. And they're under the same umbrella. Uh-huh. And that there, are, there were attempts to make interesting filmmaking here mm -hmm. at points. One is like a love scene that happens between Joshua and... Kevin uh, where like 
it would pause during the sex scene for a second, and oh, then like I hated that. Well, it's an attempt. I thought the style. DVD had a glitch. <laughs> I mean, it's not great, but I mean, if I was sitting in a theater, I'd think like the film was about to melt. <laughs> Fair enough. Because, you know, I'm sure this was shot on 16 millimeter, you right, know. Yeah. But, you know, that's an attempt at style. Uh-huh. And then um, when they go to the bar at the end and there's, like, shot glasses, like, slamming down mm-hmm. on the bar to, and, like, to show the passage of time and how many <laughs> they've been drinking. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually filmmaking. I feel a little bad because I feel like the filmmaker actually has talent because she's good with like interstitial shots and like she really actually like knows how to like make you remember like an image or a prop or something like the belly ring like you remember the belly ring mm-hmm. you obviously remember the the, the pressure cooker <laughs> uh so like when it comes back like it hammers that importance <laughs> down in you i think it comes into like a matter of taste yeah and ability yeah, like, you know, ability I can chalk up to just, like, you know, no budget. But, like, for me, like, the pressure cooker <laughs> is such a good example of, like, someone has the right idea, but, like, they're grasping the spirit of the uh, the concept, but not necessarily getting the gravity of it. Like, I think a pressure cooker is just, like, a little too literal, and it's a little silly. <laughs> so, so okay. The pressure cooker is, I think, what comes out in this police in- officer's investigation interview with the ghost is that there is this woman who works at a restaurant and she likes to get gay boys entrapped there with her friend Joshua mm-hmm. like by sending them off on sending gay men off on a shortcut route which they will run into Joshua and he's so irresistible that they fall in love with him immediately and then Joshua can kill them is Joshua the white trash looking one like the kind of greasy redhead no that's Danny that's Danny yeah okay another well, Danny which one's Joshua Joshua is the um, is bad he... actor killer, um, who, who's, uh, always, who has a horse and a, uh, rooster. I live with my two animals. My horse, Prince William, and my friend Ozzy. Ozzy? My pet rooster. Okay, yeah. And, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, th- so she sends them to him, and he, they always pull over f- to give him help because he's like pretending to have roadside problems with his car. But wait, was Joshua the one that like Danny like ties up and like kind of like seems like he rapes? Yeah. Okay. Which didn't, I don't understand that. I feel like that was, that was very fast for that kind of play. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause he's like crying when it's done, but then he's like in love with him. Well, I think that that's a, thing he tries to do because he wanted to cook him and eat him because he's always eating people (laughs) 
always? <laughs> it seems like that's the only thing he eats because he won't eat in front of anybody that comes over. Oh, and you're right. There's all those shots of him like holding his stomach like, oh, I'm so hungry because he has to like wait for the fresh meat to get cooked in the pressure cooker. Yeah. I mean, that can take all day. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's that's, that's meant for like 12 hours. It's not an instant pot. It's a pressure cooker. Uh, But that's that's how I... Wow, this does benefit from repeat viewings. (laughs) That's right, because they order all that Chinese food, which, A, they're in BFE here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where is... And they say that in the movie. Really need out here in the middle of fucking Egypt. But who's like? How are you gonna get Chinese delivery like all the way out in the I sticks know, like that? Questions. And yeah, oh yeah, no, but you're right. Now that you mention it, he doesn't eat in front of anyone. Yeah. And they talk about it too. They're like, "You yeah, haven't eaten yet. Not hungry. You didn't eat last night either." I'm on a special diet. What air? And then finally, when Kevin sees him eating the soup, like he eats so like like meaningfully it's meaningful eating it is it is mean like he he's got like sad constipation face while he's eating that soup (laughs) but at the same time like the first time we see him eating that soup near the beginning there's kind of jovial music playing like a little testosterone music. so it's supposed to be kind of a funny moment i guess i don't know oh i mean that does piece some of the movie together it still doesn't add up to anything it's like i'm putting together like four different puzzles and like trying to make those (laughs) islands mesh like Like, these are teacups and like this is big ben there's this the uh the american flag (laughs) yes the american flag and uh this is a a basket of kittens yeah (laughs) good luck (laughs) so yeah so there's this cop interviewing a ghost and then, like, it all falls apart at the end anyway, because in the last scene, when he's r- driving with Ariel, and he tells her about this, who he's tracing down and everything, she's like, oh, that restaurant, it's been closed since the 60s. <laughs> yeah. You ever heard of a place called The Harvest? Yeah, I've heard of it. It's a broken down diner near Beaks. It's been closed since the 60s. Like, what the fuck? What does anything mean anymore? <laughs> oh. Now was that restaurant? Were she? Were they referring to the bar that the two guys go to, where like the the, yeah. the fatter ladies bartending at? Yeah. Who's also like, I don't know, like tracking people down, like in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like she's got a role in here that isn't fully. No, she's explained. the one who's sending the boys out to get killed by Joshua for but some she, reason. She like finds Danny with like his like chessboard full of coke. <laughs> yeah, and then she's the one who kills him. Yeah, uh, presumably, like, he, I think it's left unanswered. Unless, is that where you thought that the timelines were shifting? No, I thought the timeline shifted later on. Okay, okay, okay. Because it's <laughs> it's Danny who's like being therapized, right? And then yeah, at some point he just fades away. <laughs> so all right, <laughs> we have, there's so much we have to there's talk about. St- still, <laughs> we're just scratching the surface of this movie. So the uh, this movie is called The Siren in the Dark. Uh-huh. There are, in fact, three sirens in this movie. Uh-huh. So you've you've pieced together for me the the, the pressure cooker. Challenge number two. P 
piece together the sirens for me. Because as far as I can tell, it's like three frame pictures that have, there's a, a, a two different girls in two different pictures, and then there's a guy in one of the pictures, and then they kind of come to life inside the picture frame, and then like they all like two of them like walk towards the center one, and suddenly there's two of the frames are empty, and then all three of them are in the center frame, and like they start doing like sexy stuff, like they're like making out. And it's two girls, and the two girls are hot, and the guy's hot, but he's got no butt, and he, you know, you definitely get the feeling that he's getting a little ousted in this three-way because the girls are like really into each other, and he's like, oh, let me get in there, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, like. <laughs> And then, like, I, like nothing about it says that they're the sirens until the end credits. <laughs> I I didn't understand that vignette at all. To, but they to... must be important. The movie's named after them. <laughs> well, that's also when there is the presumable threesome between Joshua, Kevin, and Danny mm-hmm. that I was very confused about. I didn't understand where Danny, because at that point in the timeline, Danny should be dead. Right. That's why I don't think that What's-Her-Name actually kills him. She just stabs him? (laughs) I I guess we just don't see him die, but yeah, I guess chronologically it doesn't make sense unless this threesome happened earlier or, or is not real. (laughs) Okay. Well, that it happens after he like, after Joshua gets uh, Kevin really drunk, and then uh, gives him that tea with something in it. I think so, it was acid. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they had some like, it was a drug fueled. There's a lot of drugs in this movie and alcohol. God, they all have alcohol problems. Well, Joshua like he doesn't eat, but he drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they pull open a drawer. And there's a Britney Spears hit me baby one more I time CD in there. <laughs> and he says that he can only listen to records. So it's like, why do you have the CD? Oh, yeah, All right. So that's another <laughs> thing that I think was uh, uh, in Inland Empire, the David Lynch movie. Like they're always showing like that fucking turntable. Right. Uh, so that, I mean, I think that's another reference. And there was just little tidbits of it. Like when Joshua, like he kind of has that like flashbacky thing. Of, like, the girl outside the restaurant who, like, gives her his number. Why did you come out here? You forgot your mint. You followed me out here just to give me a mint? Which one of those was one of the sirens? The one who's standing in the background? Oh, was it? She was, I think she was one of the sirens. Okay. But that just kind of reminded me of, like, one of the timelines in Inland Empire a little bit. Like, the the white trash timeline okay, with Laura Dern and whoever her husband was in that timeline. Right. It just seemed like David Lynch all over the place. But, yeah, the three-way, that was probably the least convincing sex scene. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. I would also say that, like, some of the sex scenes were convincing to the point of being, like, sad. Well, like, the, the one where Joshua's getting, like, raped. Like, it looked hot at first, because you're like, oh, you know, he's bound up, his mouth's taped shut, and it seemed like they were kind of getting along in the car in the scene before that. So you're like, oh, things just escalated, and they're getting their rocks off. But then, like, Danny starts, like, waving that blade around, and like, oh, well, that's not cool. Like, See, I thought that the implication was that it was play, but... It got too serious for Joshua, 
and when the star- blade came out? Or? Maybe, yeah. Okay. And so that's when he started like getting upset, and then that's when Danny was like, I don't need this shit, and then went to pee, and then we saw that shot of him peeing in the toilet. Yeah! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it, we get peeing in real time. What like, the hell? He's legit peeing on camera, and then like the, he had to like save a squirt <laughs> so that they could get that over-the-shoulder shot of him missing the basin. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Danny. Give me another chance. <gasps> like, the director saw this, like, dirty toilet bowl and, like, well, we gotta get this on camera. <laughs> I do like that, that the director uh, uh, intuited the, the uh, male pee pattern enough to know that there's, like, that, like, one last squirt <laughs> that you gotta get out. Like, she knew. She, she was like, I've watched guys pee before. I know how they do it. Uh-huh. Like, she's... She's anthropological enough about it that she's like, they get to the end and there's like one last one. She's like, we want to get that one last one <laughs> over this dirty it's sort toilet of like bowl. A punctuation on the scene too, which is so bizarre. I guess it paints a uh, uh, Danny as just like not giving a fuck. Danny you know? was gross. Let's be honest. Like he was kind of hot, but he looked a little like sweaty and or greasy all the time. Yeah, like it seemed like it had been like several days since his last shower and that those days had been very very busy (laughs) (laughs) he's built nice yeah yeah, he's got a good face but you know he a little clearasol here or there (laughs) i think also the fact that he's wearing like there's several moments that most of the characters are just wearing these like kind of ugly tank tops Mm -hmm. they're like skin tight and they just look trashy they look bad Yeah, if there's a failing in this movie, it's definitely costume design. (laughs) You know, we need to get Myrie on this set. (laughs) They're, like, preparing to, like, go out, like, on the town. And it's like, you know, when you're hitting the clubs, you want to look your best. But I remember one of them had, like, weird paisley flower top or something like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good at all. But it's like they're gussing up to go to, like, the local, like, shit-kicking bar and like presumably it's like a saturday night like but there's no one there there's no one there and it's like the only thing you can do there is like you know pool and darts and cheap shots and i like just before that when they have when they're having their fight where are you going i'm going to change my shirt we're still going out aren't we we can stay in if you'd like I'm sorry, but I don't think it'd be very good company right now mm-hmm. like i don't want to sit at home and fight i want to go out and fight which happens i've seen it at the bar (laughs) keep it at home people i mean when i'm in a bad mood i sequester myself like i try and inflict it on nobody but it doesn't even seem like a real fight the funny thing is is that like i feel like this is within the like 12 hours of meeting each other that they're like in love yeah Yeah, and already like they're already calling each other like honey and things like that and it's like yikes (laughs) this is these red flags are everywhere (laughs) just flying so uh, we we ha- we did gloss over one important part. Well, I don't know if it's important, but I want to talk about it. So the detective. <laughs> I'm really glad you're bringing this up. I already know what you're gonna do. Has a little brother. <laughs> I don't even know where to like broach the scene from. Like, wh- what angle do I approach this from? So. The detective, the burly white guy. Like, if you've seen Twin Peaks, he looks like Leo in Twin Peaks very much. We see him naked. He's got a very nice butt. Um, we see him naked? 
He, he oh, takes a shower. shower. Yeah, yeah. In the shower. And a weird shower. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird shower. We find out that his little brother, which, oh, there's a massage scene with him and his little brother. That feels good. Don't get a hard on. Yeah, you like that. Well, we should start off. It's set up that, because it comes after the scene with Ariel where she's like, you're gay, aren't you? And then it cuts to like a picture of them, like like in a framed picture of them, like hugging each other. And so like, you're kind of like believing, oh, like he has this little Twinkie boy toy. 100%. Like that's what I'm thinking. Uh And nothing about the next scene really diminishes that until like they actually start talking about how like, you know, they're brothers from a different mother, but. Uh, or father? They're different. I don't remember. Yeah. So, oh no, no, no. The the Asian kid was adopted. Right. And so no blood relation whatsoever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But the Asian kid is introduced by jumping around in his underwear, like just real skivvy skivvies. Uh, he has like no muscle mass whatsoever, and he's like jumping on this like king size bed. <sighs> Skyping, FaceTiming, <laughs> webcamming with some of the worst music I've ever heard. Well, it's weird because it's like cut with like he's like FaceTiming with his friend, but there's also like this music video shot of like some shitty like grunge band, like some band that didn't make it in 1993 got a second shot in this gay movie <laughs> in 2008. Yeah. It it's like Brother Kane was trying to make a comeback <laughs> via this movie. It is the worst 90s grunge music I've ever heard, and I can't imagine anyone playing it loudly and dancing to it while Skyping with my friend. Yeah, it's like he's in his underwear, like, dancing and drinking. He's in a bedroom. Like, he's got this nice big bed that has a cross over it. He's in but, his brother's bedroom for some yeah, reason. Yeah, th- this is the detective's bedroom. Big bed, cross over the bed, full bar. <laughs> Off to the side. His bedroom is stocked tight. Like, I, I've been to dive bars that have less of a liquor selection than this guy's bedroom has. Wouldn't you drink a lot if you were a clairvoyant and you had to, like... Uh... A closeted clairvoyant? Yeah. Ooh, there's a detective series novel in there. It's just, it's hard when you're constantly hearing voices yeah, of, is. like, dead uh, <laughs> dead people. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But he doesn't. I don't know. We he, don't he's know. He's not Haley Joel Osment here. Like he hears the thoughts of like one lady. Yeah, and, and but judging then, from his reaction, it never happened before because he responds to her thoughts as if she said it out loud. <laughs> so presumably, this is like a, a new thing for him. Yeah, this is a, a, a nocturnal emission that he never had before. <laughs> See, but then I thought that that's why Danny, the one who's being uh you know therapized, yeah, like. He, like, somehow downloaded all of Danny's confession or whatever thing and was, like, playing it for his sister. That's why, like, he had that little, it kept cutting to that shots of that recorder. The tape recorder? Yeah. yeah. That old-ass tape recorder that <laughs> no predated one... Kevin McAllister's in Home Alone 2. Oh, my God. Also, people still have landlines in this movie? It is 2008. I mean, most of the movie takes place out in the boonies. There's still, like, there's no cell reception in fucking Lewis County. Like, you know, I'll, I'll forgive a landline when you're out in the sticks. Right. So, yeah, so I thought that that was part of his powers was, like, he was able to, that's what he was getting all this 
he was getting all this information about this serial killer through the ghost of Danny. Oh, that would make sense. And then that's why he like dis- and that's why she was like Where's my brother? Like, and she didn't acknowledge him or anything because, like, he she couldn't see. I don't know. Wow, you're good at this. <laughs> wow, Re- repeated viewings. Look at you, Ryan. <laughs> Did putting I... this movie together? <laughs> I want to rewind a little bit and get back to PJ, the little brother, because. <laughs> what do you Skype people while rocking out? Just in you your, in your skivvies. Just you. Uh huh. Are they friends? Are they like trying to bone? Like, what's what's their deal? What's what's PJ and his friends' uh, situation? Well, presumably they had never seen each other's dicks before because PJ like whips it out because oh, they had one of those awful conversations where it's like there's always a bitch in every relationship, and the last time I checked, it sure as shit wasn't me. Last time I looked, it wasn't me either. Well, the one with the biggest dick gets to choose who the bitch is, so I pick you. Bullshit. My dick is bigger than yours. Fuck you. Fuck me. Prove it. I was like, are you guys in a relationship? I don't understand this. Yeah. And so, like, they both, like, whip it out. Like, we don't see it. It's tastefully covered by laptop screens. But I was like, I don't know about this. (laughs) I don't talk this way to my friends. I definitely don't talk this way to people that I'm in a relationship with. Like, what is their relationship? I don't, I didn't understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I've only seen the movie all the way through once. And other than being the detective's little boy toy, I kind of didn't, I don't know if we come back to PJ, do we? Like his specific role in this universe in the, uh, uh, he's just there to give us exposition on his brother while talking to his friend slash boyfriend over Skype in the, uh, S-I-T-D universe. <laughs> Why was the K capitalized in dark? Oh, good question. I also asked that, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to defer to the experts on this one. <laughs> that was a real head scratcher for me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a sense of symmetry with having like the first letter of the sentence and the last letter of the sentence being capitalized. So it was an aesthetic choice? Yeah. Or maybe uh, this movie is just an allegory for how we're supposed to like join the KKK. There were no black people in this movie. It's, so. Yeah, they, there were not. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the KKK is not cool with Asian people, though, either. Mm, good point, good point. So, I don't know. That theory sort of falls flat, I guess. Yeah. Also, the other director of this movie that's not Laura Riley is Steven, Steven Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah, so... I Did think. he have a role in the movie? No. Oh, not even a cameo? I don't think so. Wow. Uh, okay, I, now I'm going to drop my fun fact. So I did some research on Steven Vasquez. Not the easiest person to Google. Um, he does have a YouTube channel where he does a lot of like dark rides for Halloween, which I think is kind of cool, actually. Are you sure it's the same one? I am sure it's the same one. Okay. Because he posted a fan video of Laura Riley singing. Oh. <laughs> so it's all. How same. is she? Uh, she's a very good singer, actually. Yeah. But he works now at a studio called Babalu Studios, which uh, they make a lot of like terrible gay erotica. (laughs) Okay. Terrible. Okay. But that studio produced the directorial debut of one man by the name of Sean Paul Lockhart. Oh. AKA Brent Corrigan. You don't need to tell me. (laughs) Uh, The name of that movie is called Triple Crossed. And guess who stars in it? Laura Riley. Oh, okay. So, 
facts that are fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was fun. Yeah. Apparently, he and Laura are best friends. They've been friends forever. So. See, Vasquez is gay then, I take it? I don't think so. He has children. Honey, grow up. And grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see. I couldn't get enough information about him. I wanted Did to you know say more. Grandchildren? I think he has a grandchild. How old is he? He's pretty old. He's so it, like it says on his bio on the Babalu Studios, you know, about page about him that he got into the filmmaking game late in age because he was like working for AT and T as something, and they asked him to do a video because he made like a funny horror thing for a friend and they saw that at his work and were like hey you should produce this and then like once he did that he's like i'm gonna quit my job and become a filmmaker and he did so (laughs) good for him so you think he's straight because he has kids and you don't think he's gay despite the fact that he's working at a gay erotic studio i get the impression that he's one of those people that's just gonna follow the money like this movie in general kind of doesn't strike me as any kind of a passion project (laughs) as more of like you know what gays like movies where there's gay sex Uh let's make a movie around that (laughs) so that's kind of the impression i'm getting from this more than anything oh okay like when they don't even bother to clean up the kitchen when they're using the kitchen as a scene, like <laughs> kitchens are dirty in real life, Ryan. What's realism? You think it added to the realism of that? Yeah. Okay, in the movie with ghosts, <laughs> that's important to you. Uh, I find Ghost to be a very realistic movie. <laughs> Maybe the film didn't have the budget to hire a maid, like to clean up the kitchen. I and they had the to imp- use that kitchen for for craft services. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The craft service person did get a credit in this, so the credits on this were super short. <laughs> yeah, there was like like fourteen names tops, <laughs> and eight of them were actors. Uh-huh. Let's let's be honest. This is softcore porn. It is. In fact, I think I remarked while watching it last night that uh, I would have preferred if we just watched a feature length porno DVD, <laughs> like a really well produced one. Yeah. Like, one of those ones that's, like, sort of funny, you know, that, like, has, like, a loose plot of, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I think I would have actually just preferred one of those. Yeah, because this one just, it nothing makes sense. No. None of it. When we're introduced to Danny... He goes into like his whole backstory about like, oh, I used there was this girl I dated and then she died from drugs that were poisoned and they weren't meant for her because they were meant for someone else. And here's the reason. And it has like this whole like incest part between those two brothers. And like I wanted to turn to somebody and be like, are you following any of this? Cause, like, <laughs> oh, no, they throw a lot at you like right away. I definitely remember being like 30 minutes in the movie. I was like, what does this storyline have to do with any of the other storylines? I mean, the only thing I can assume and the ending kind of supports this is that this was meant to be the first in many a siren in the darkses. <laughs> like there is a greater siren in the dark universe that we have not explored yet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up a little bit. <laughs> What makes you think that? Because there's so much backstory about, like, 
I don't know, like videoing these like it's called world building, Ryan. But like the first Star Wars, they didn't plan on making a whole empire out of it, like, you know, but now every Moe's Cantina character has its own novella. <laughs> like uh, well, I think that's what was intended here. They like, they want their own SITD novella. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I feel like there was supposed to be a sequel because it ends with him being like, I'll find him one day. It ends with the end question mark. (laughs) Basically. You don't have the slightest idea who you're looking for. Don't worry. I'll know him when I see him. Give me a break. (laughs) Who wants to revisit this universe? So, I mean, I got I got to say, Ryan, I think you've convinced me. This movie's all right. <laughs> no! Damn it, no. What are you talking about? I don't know. You pieced it together enough for me that the, the pressure cooker, the cannibalism, like, I don't know. You're making a good case for it. Oh, my God. You're going you're gonna to make the fan fiction for this now, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm going to personally spearhead crowdfunding for a siren in the dark sequel you what's what's the name of that horrible guy who writes like banged in the butt by a 747 <laughs> what? i honestly don't know and i desperately want to know now <laughs> hold please chuck tingle <laughs> You're going to be the Chuck Tingle of the uh, A Siren in the Dark Universe, and you're just going to write, like, you know, cock gobbled by my own pressure cooker. <laughs> Can you actually read off some of his book titles? Yeah. Uh, well, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt is one. <laughs> what? I Ryan, liter- <laughs> how have you never told me about this guy before? You've been holding out on me, man. I thought we were friends. <laughs> I literally Googled banged in the butt author and he came up. So, okay. Uh, Space Raptor butt redemption. <laughs> Helicopter man pounds dinosaur billionaire ass. <laughs> Triceratops craves gay ass. I feel like there's online there's got to be like a name generator for these books where it just throws together like random dinosaurs and the word ass <laughs> with various euphemisms for like pounding or sex with. Yeah, and but they're like, yeah, sometimes it's like sometimes it's like concepts. Like one time somebody got fucked by like the 2008 mortgage crisis or something like that. Like Okay. I feel like you and I could come up with titles and he could just write a book like uh the Loch Ness monster fucks Josie and the pussycat's ass. There, yeah. there you go. Well, have to be gay though. Oh, it has to be gay. Yeah, it's a gay. He's, oh. he's a gay author. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the Loch Ness monster fucks uh, Archie and Jughead in the ass. Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gang banged by uh, existential dread and my two point eight percent return rate. <laughs> On my credit card. Uh, Come dump by religious ennui and a pterodactyl. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds good. I'll read that one. sucks <laughs> this is really truly awful like i think this might have been worse than uh, altitude falling 
Because Altitude Falling at least had like a, a loose narrative that you could follow from point A to point B. And this was just like, I felt like wind from, from like an organ pipe or like what are those? the uh, 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 Bellows? The bellows was just like blasting me in the face. <laughs> this movie did make me think a lot about dying, but not in the way I think it wanted me to where like I think about you being murdered. You were just about slitting your wrists. <laughs> you wouldn't have to finish this movie. I just, I finished it and was like, I'm going to die someday. This movie is 80 minutes. <laughs> and it felt like three times that long. And yeah, it was definitely one where I'm like sitting there thinking like, this is my life. There are more important things that I could do right now. I, I could do literally anything and it would be better than this. And I have to spend more time with this movie and in the editing You're going to have to live with this movie. Ugh. You're going to have to sit with it. God, you thought Teen Witch was bad. Teen oh, Witch is no. a dream compared oh, to this. Oh my God, I would kill for a Teen Witch at this point. Well, Matt, I'm glad uh, you're always willing to go to these depths with me. You know, honestly, <laughs> this, like, is, this, this is like cave diving. This was, I feel like you're no longer playing with this season. Like <laughs> this is gloves off and you're just, you're not playing anymore. No, we're done. You're, you're going for bone and I feel that I have to respond <laughs> in kind. No. <laughs> so I'm picking a movie that has. All of the drama, but none of the whimsy. Okay. This movie's called Three Day Weekend. Okay. And it sucks. <laughs> it has such lines as, that darn MySpace, <laughs> and does he eat carbs? No. We focused heavy on thrillers. Yeah. So I want to strip all the fun <laughs> out of these movies. <laughs> And focus on something that is just high gay drama. Great. Yeah. Should we plug our junk and get the fuck out of here? Yes, please. Hey, listener. I'm sorry you had to hear us talk about that movie. But if you enjoy it, then go to our Twitter account and follow us there. Because we have witty... Fun things to say there too. <laughs> Most importantly, leave us some love on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Still looking for more Jimmy Stewart Blumpkins per use. Mm, we love those. And uh, yeah, we always like reviews. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. That is Rated X Movies. And uh, you can send us emails at x.rated.movies at gmail.com. And, of course, go to our site for everything that's not available on Stitcher or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The rest is there. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. All right. Let's uh, continue our travels in this descent style uh on the Horror. on the Oregon Trail of bad gay movies, like we are now entering like cholera while trying to like ford the river, and someone has a snake bite, <laughs> and we're out of food, <laughs> and we're all eating gunpowder, and my axle broke. <laughs> so yeah, three day weekend next week. <laughs> yep. Uh, until then, keep reaching for that rainbow. Bye. Bye.